Good morning. Last night was uh, the first episode of Springhouse Live. Um, and yesterday was an exhausting day for me. I mean, I, I, was, I was tired. I was worn out. I was somewhat disgusted. Uh, yeah, that happens to pastors as well. And uh, and I, and and I thought, you know, well, I'm, I've got to go. I love these people too much, so I'm just going to go. And so I, I went and I walked in, and whoosh, it uh, is beautiful. So uh, what I'm saying is, this is going to happen again. It's over in the, uh, the reservoir. Uh, it's going to happen again. You. Uh, when it does, you may be tired. Uh, you may go, man, you know, I just don't want to go anywhere tonight. I just don't want to do anything tonight. Uh, get over it. <laughs> just get over it. Just get yourself up, get in the car, go over there, and let God do something. Because He will. Uh, he does. It's no respecter of persons. Okay, we're going to start Colossians today. And uh, this year we were going through three books, and Colossians is the third one, and that means year's almost over. So, yeah, oh my, yeah. Let's uh, let's stand and read from Colossians chapter one, first eight verses. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae. The faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who has also told us of your love in the Spirit. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the power and the grace that are in your word. I pray that you would quicken us, make us alive to the things that that we need to hear and that you want us to receive, Father, so that we can truly be your children and, and, and be everything that you sent Jesus to make us. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. First uh, Corinthians chapter thirteen. How many of you are familiar with First Corinthians chapter thirteen? Okay, a few of you. What is the focus of that chapter? Love. That's right. Uh, and the last verse of that chapter, First Corinthians thirteen thirteen, says that there are three things that remain: faith, hope. And love, and I, uh, I'm not totally certain what that means by remain, but I know that it means these three things are very important. 
These these three things are highly significant. Uh, In the early days of the faith, capital F, uh, in the early centuries of of the faith, the focus was primarily on on love. Um, It was said that the Apostle John, who was the last of the original 12 to, uh, uh, to pass off of the scene... And, and he lived to be a very old man. Very likely, he lived into the second century. It was said that that in his uh, in his elderly years, when he would come to speak uh, to the church, come to address the church, uh, he would simply get up and he would say, "Little children, love each other. Love each other. Everyone who loves." It's been born of God. For God is love. Whoever does not love has not been born of God. Whoever does not love his brother and his sister does not love God. If he says, I love God and I hate my brother, he's a liar. And we have been commanded, love each other. Love each other. I can't wait to get old. You know, I've already got my sermon ready. Y'all let me know when that happens. Uh, oh, but even, I, even now, I mean, if we could just, if we just, if we could get that, if we could lay aside our our, our, our petty grievances that we pick up and, and carry, our, our petty offenses, our, 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 uh, our petty ambitions that, that we claw and try to, to get our way. If we, could just, if we could just set all that aside and, and just love each other. It's no wonder that the church went boom in the early days and that it doesn't boom quite so much anymore. Well, there's not love, but where there is, where there is love. I mean, if we, if we could just do that. So, in the last 40 years or so, 40, 45 years, something like that, the, the focus has, uh, has, has turned to, to faith, little f, uh, not, not capital F, turn to faith. Uh, that's kind of come to the fore, though not always in a healthy way. The object of our faith is more important than our faith. I'm going I'm to say that two more times because three times. Yeah. The object of our faith is more important than our faith. The object of our faith is more important than our faith. If the object isn't right, if the object that our faith is reaching for isn't right, then the best thing that can happen is our faith will fail. And the worst thing that can happen is our faith will succeed. So that's why I say that the object of our faith is actually more important than our faith. You know, electricity, electricity can be a wonderful thing. Electricity can, can make good things happen. And electricity can kill you. I've been I've been doing uh, some some work on on a house. Uh, Margaret and I are helping uh, her her parents with with a, a rental house that they have, and I've been working with some electricity. 
<laughs> and uh, it, it always freaks me out to work with electricity. I'm just saying. Uh, and and they, they had some old wall heaters in. And, uh, and so I went online to go, okay, what do you do about that? How do you, how do you get rid of those wall heaters? And somebody had asked that same question. And somebody had said, well, is it 110 or 220? <coughs> and a person said, well, I don't know. And somebody said, well, just touch it. If it tickles, it's 110. <laughs> if you die, it's 220. <laughs> so I don't want to do that. Uh, but, but, but here's, and, and then they went on to say, just, just kidding. If you don't know if it's 110 or 220, you call somebody and don't mess with it. It's what you want to do. But uh, here's the thing. Electricity can do wonderful things. It can destroy you as well. And, and faith in God without faith in his perfect sovereignty and perfect goodness is like an electrical wire with no shield on it. Just everywhere. So, uh, yet, yet, faith. I'm, I'm glad it came to the fore because, quite frankly, uh, the church had kind of entered into a place where people needed to go, wait a minute, there's this thing called faith that you can exercise, and, and that needed to be done. Love, faith. Okay, what about hope, though? Uh, hope. Hope is sometimes derided by shallow teaching as being a type of second-class faith. It is nothing of the sort. It is a, it is a totally other from faith. It's not like you, 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 you hope until you get faith. No, they're two, they are two very separate things. Hope isn't faith at all. Hope is a component without which faith doesn't exist. If you don't have any hope for anything, you don't have any faith for anything. Because there's not, nothing, nothing to attach it to. There's nothing to put out there. Uh, hope and faith are kind of like this in regards to uh, tea. Hope is the water. Faith decides whether it's going to be oolong or earl gray. Okay? But without water, you're not getting tea. But they are two, they're two separate, separate things. And uh, there is a verse in this passage that we read today that just jumped out and exploded in my life some four decades ago. And the verse is, is this. <clears throat> the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven. And what caused this to kind of jump out at me, um, this was like 41 years ago. I, I, I just recently come back to the Lord. And I was just hungry for, I mean, I was, if, if somebody was having church, I was going to be there that night. So, you know, I, I would, I would found myself in some strange places. And, uh, and I, uh, I went to a meeting one night with some friends of mine where, uh, where I heard this teaching on faith, little f. Uh, and the, the teaching troubled me because I left there thinking uh, I, I left there. It, it was it, it. I felt like I had gone to an Amway meeting. Quite frankly, I, I, I left there thinking about 
the the car that I wanted and and thinking about the, the house that I would like to have and and not thinking about Jesus and I, something's wrong here so, something something doesn't feel right I mean the guy used scripture and and he you know he had the scripture to 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 back up what he was saying he had the he had the Lincoln Continental to back up what he was saying and, and literally right right there and, and you know but I went this this doesn't feel right and uh and it was a, a few days later that I came across this verse, and I went, oh, oh, faith and love spring from hope. And I realized what was wrong with the teaching that I had heard was the hope was messed up. It wasn't that what he was saying about faith was wrong. The hope had gotten, had a crack in the foundation. Uh, Hebrews 11, one, hope and faith are, are, are connected. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about, about what we do not see. Therefore, faith doesn't exist without hope. Hope, hope comes first. You build a foundation and then you build a, then you build a structure on it. And if the foundation is messed up, then the structure is going to end up being messed up at, at some point in time. And sometimes, sometimes you'll hear, well, don't just hope, you know, put, put, put your faith in action. We, yes, but, but it's not that they're separate. You know, faith is what gets you out of the boat and walking across the water. Hope is what gave you the idea to get out of the boat in the first place. That's, that's what it is. And if you got the wrong idea, Faith gets you out of the boat, and it's the assurance of the things that we don't see. Hope hope is what defines our faith. Hope gives structure to our faith. Hope hope channels it. It it sends it, hopefully, in the right direction. Now, there is one exception. Uh, There is is an exception to this, and that is over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. It's talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and one of those gifts is, is the gift of faith. And what the gift of faith does is it sort of bypasses hope. It has, it has a tendency to be able to do that. Abraham did not hope that he could sacrifice his son, Isaac. That was never on his radar. That was never anything that he wanted to have happen or wanted to do. God just simply went whoosh and put the faith there so that when he said, Oh, by the way, Abraham, I want you to go sacrifice your son. God goes, Yes, sir. And the scripture tells us that he did it by faith. All right. Gideon, another example. Gideon didn't have any hope of defeating the Midianites. I mean, he, he wasn't, he wasn't uh, threshing wheat in the wine press going, one of these days, I'm going to get them Midianites, buddy. Sure am. You know, uh, God gave him a gift of faith. Now, in this case, it wasn't an invisible whoosh that came down on him. It was an angel came and talked to him. Gideon needed a little bit more than that. And, uh, and the angel came and, and, and talked to him, uh, told him, told him what to do, showed him some, showed him some signs and some things like that. And that gift of faith was put, was put in there. But otherwise you need hope from which faith can spring. And, and it's defined here, the hope stored up for you in heaven about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, 19 is normally used in, in connection with, with death and with uh, funerals and things like that. But think of it in a little different context here. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, 
if that's where our hope is, fo- is focused, we are of all people most to be pitied. The great flaw that kind of happened in, in, in the faith movement was that it sold inferior hope. Sold in, it was uh, push, pushing an inferior hope. Started pushing hope in things that, uh, uh, focusing us on things that we could see and things that we could touch and things that, that we want, emphasizing this life only. Uh, the easiest way is not always the best way. I mean, what, what, you, what you want is not always necessarily the best thing to have happen. Uh, Proverbs says, says twice. says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but uh, the end of that way is death. It, it says it twice, so it must feel like it's, it's important. And then it has another verse that's very similar to it that, that maybe can resonate with you. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. How many of you think that the the things that you do and the way that you live is all wrong. This is a live quiz. <laughs> None of you. Every I mean, everybody thinks what they do is right. That's that's the way that it is. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it is right or make it right. There there are things that I hope for in this life. I'm not saying you shouldn't hope for things in this life. I have hope. I have hopes for my children. I have hopes for my for my for my grandchildren. I have hopes for Margaret and I. I have I have uh, hopes for myself to 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 get thinner and better looking uh, and more distinguished the older that I get. Uh, and sometimes some of the things that I've hoped for have required, definitely have, re- have required faith. The thinner and better looking, I'm just going to, I'm waiting on that. Uh, I don't know if I'm believing for it, but I'm just going to wait for it to happen. But uh, this building, this building that we're in, you know, required faith. It started out as a hope. Uh, and, and, uh, and then we began to put some faith to it and some, some, some action to it. And, uh, you know, here we are now. There are those who would kind of say, well, yeah, you're still paying for it, man. If you, if you really had the faith, that thing would be paid off. Uh, listen, I, I've had more faith for this building probably than anybody else on this planet. Just simply have. And I, I believe and I pray and, and I'm having faith and I'm still waiting and standing on the opportunity for, to go to that lunch where somebody's going to hand me a seven-figure check. And it won't bounce. So here, pastor, pay this thing off. Well, it wouldn't even have to be seven figures now. I mean, a nice, big, fat six-figure check would, you know, could, could probably take care of things. Uh, but that's not the only kind of faith there is. That's not the only kind of faith there is. You know, there, yeah, there, there's, there's faith for lightning to strike. There's also faith for manna to appear every day. Yeah, and, and, and which, which one is... Which one is the, the more real? Which one is the best? Well, that's, that's up to God. That's up to you. But one can't look at the other and go, that's not, that's not how it works. That is how it works. That's, that's, how, that's how life works. But my underlying hope is... is, is, is any, any of you ever been disappointed I mean, really, some of you can probably remember like Christmases, 
when you were a little kid and and you wanted that and you ended up getting this and then some of you can remember christmas is like now when everybody came to visit uh i better stop uh i actually enjoy people coming to visit uh, our house uh but i mean have you ever been disappointed of course you've been disappointed because that's, that's, part of, that's part of life in a fallen world. But my underlying hope, my bedrock, has little to do with this life. Because I'm not going to stay here. And neither are you. I mean, you know, if, I'm not saying that if you're, if you're sick, don't, don't believe and have faith for healing. Of course you believe and have faith for healing. But you understand that one of these days it ain't going to happen. One one of these days you will you will check out, and you know, and I, I'd love to go by the rapture. Uh, my daddy wanted to go by the rapture. Uh, he didn't, but he went, and he's there. My my bedrock hope, according to Hebrews chapter chapter six, my bedrock hope is one that is an anchor for my soul. Nothing that happens in this life can shake it. No disappointment that comes along in this world can can cut the knees out from under it. It is an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. And, 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 and just let me say, I, most of you know what that reference is behind the curtain, uh, but some don't. In, in the temple and in the tabernacle, there, there was a curtain that divided the holy of holies where God was from everywhere else. Well, this is my hope is in there. My, 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 hope is in, my hope is in that place where it can't be touched. And Romans 5, 5 says that this hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by means of the Holy Spirit, who is God's gift to us. <laughs> Christ in you, the hope of glory. Very real. Cannot disappoint, will not disappoint. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts. And so our faith flows from our hope and our love flows from our hope, springs from it. Without hope, there is no love. You can experience infatuation without hope, but you can't love. A difficult relationship, a difficult marriage, can exist with little love. In fact, it can probably exist with with nothing that we would discern of as necessarily being love, unless we're thinking patient, kind. 1 Corinthians 13. And, but it can it can exist. It, it, it can it can go on. But once hope is gone, it's done. Once hope is gone once hope has left the building it's finished and sometimes sometimes relationships and let's let's just let's just say marriage uh, will fail because 
once we realize there's a problem, we, we want to start working on the love, but the love isn't the problem. The problem is the hope needs working on. Problem is the hope isn't there anymore. Restore the hope, the love will, the love can get fixed because it springs from that hope. It's there. And reaching out beyond specific situations, beyond specific relationships to our, to our love in general, the love we're commanded to have, we often fail to love because our hope is fixed here. This is where our hope is. And if I hope for something that you're standing in the way of me getting, if I, if I hope for something that you may get and so I can't have, I can't love you. And even more, if I hope for something that maybe you can help me get, then it's very difficult for me to love you instead of using you. That was really good. Uh, but if my hope, if, if, if my real hope is not established here, if it's established, if it's established there, if it's established if my hope is anchored in something that I hope you will get as well. And I can not only love you, I have to love you. And what God has prepared for us, what that hope is, it doesn't diminish the more people who get it. You know, here you got, you got the pie and there's the piece of the pie. And if there's, if there's four people sharing the pie, then everybody's going to get enough pie and probably a bellyache. If there's, if there's six or eight people sharing the pie, then, you know, that, that's probably about right. If there's 50 people sharing the pie, everybody gets up. Oh, is that all? But that's not the way it is where my hope is established and, and, and where our hope should be. Uh, the more people who get it, the more glory there is. And, and not just the more glory in the conglomerate, the, the more glory in, for each and every single individual, the more that's there. And so my hope goes beyond this life. It's an anchor for for my for my soul that reaches into the holy of holies in heaven and and it's safe from any earthly power uh, to hurt it or, or touch it or disappoint it. My hope doesn't disappoint because God has poured out His love into my heart through the Holy Spirit. You know, you may kind of go, well, that's kind of cheating. You know, you're just saying, well, you got you got hope up there, and yeah, no, nobody can do anything about that. Well, anybody can do that. Well, do it. Do it. That, put, put your faith there where it can't be touched. And then the things that you need here, Jesus said, don't be afraid, little flock. Your heavenly Father knows your needs. He, he knows. He'll, he'll, he will provide. He'll take care of you. Well, I want to see some of the boom. Well, he'll give you some of the boom too. You know. I want, I, want, I want to see some of the lightning strikes. Give you some lightning strikes, but don't seek the lightning strikes or the booms. Put, put, put your hope somewhere that it can't be touched. When I was looking for uh, things to symbolize this, I uh, uh, came across this and went, oh, yeah. Yeah, faith got the symbol of the cross and love. He's got the, the heart and hope, the heartbeat. 
not flatline? You ever heard where there's life, there's hope? Where there's hope, there's life. In Christ Jesus. We sang actually two or three things here today that I just want to mention as, as I'm closing out here. Uh, Jesus at the center. And, and, and part of that song is uh, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. And, and, you know, we sing it and we should sing it because it's a reminder and, and it's a recalibrator and it helps to focus us. But the truth of the matter is, while we're singing nothing else matters, really, if, if you get into our thought life and the way we process our life, everything else matters. But that's not how it should be. You are my hope, my salvation. That's, that's, how it, that's how it should be. And then our faith and our love springs up. from some, How long has it been since you've really... And here's what I'd like for you to do. I mean, Barbie, did you, you gave us an assignment, didn't you? Did you do the assignment? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see those papers. Uh, <laughs> uh, Here's the assignment. Examine your hope. Examine what it is that you really hope for. And you may even want to pray this prayer. God, purify my hope. Let your thoughts be my thoughts. The desires that you have, make those my desires. Make, make, make those my goals and the things that I want to reach out in faith for. He'll do it if we ask Him for it. Would you stand with me? Those who are going to uh, pray for people, come forward this morning. And if you're here and you need prayer, uh, you come. You come. Like I say, I'm not saying that we should not hope for any other things of this life. Of course we should. He came to give us life and have it more abundantly. What I'm saying is that should not be our bedrock because it can't be. It can't be. You know? If what I want to happen doesn't happen, I can't that can't shake me I've got to have something more substantial if you're here and you don't know uh, you don't know Christ there's a whole new way of living and uh, we'd love to introduce you to him